channel open. Welcome back to Weekly Trek, a proud member of the Tricorder Transmissions podcast network. I am your host, Alex Perry. What's today's date? The date. Today's show was recorded on Friday, September the 13th, 2019, so we hope there'll be no disasters, and is current through the end of Star Trek Discovery Season 2, so beware of spoilers. All right, let's get into the show. Good day, Voyager, and welcome to A Briefing with Neelix. It's a catchy title, isn't it? Weekly Trek is a 30-minute news show covering the biggest stories from the Star Trek franchise. We are in a new golden age of Star Trek. There are five television shows in production, possibly more on the way, and enough merchandise to fill the Bajoran wormhole. So stick with me, and I'll help you sort the real facts from a lot of the Dominion propaganda that you'll find online. But I can't do this alone, and my guest this week is returning guest, Ron Robel. Ron, welcome back to Weekly Trek. Thank you, Alex. Very excited to be here. Well, it is an exciting week. So, Ron, you know the drill. What's got you moving at Warp 10? What you loving about Star Trek this week? You know, I think my my answer has not changed since I was last on your show last October, November, and that is Star Trek Picard. Um, With all the announcements coming up, I'm I'm really hoping that when we see New York Comic Con that we get another trailer and possibly a date. I'm a big fan of countdowns. I've got my countdown to STLV already. I'm just really excited to find out when the show is going to be airing. Yes, I think you might have been the only person to have made it through the full 100-day countdown to STLV. <laughs> and for that i salute you sir i'm hoping to do it again this year it's a lot of fun good way to get get excited absolutely yeah i would also love for us to finally get a date for the premiere of star trek picard that's my big hope for new york comic-con in some ways i kind of want that maybe even a little i mean obviously i'd love another trailer and i'd love more announcements of familiar faces returning to the show which maybe we'll talk a little bit about when we get to the news section this week But what I really want at this point, I'm 100% with you, is a release date because I am I want to put a date on my calendar and know that that's when we're marching towards and I think we're getting the short treks even before that it, it's funny it's already September and I'm like, let's just do this let's get it let's get these short treks out of the way and move on to the big show yeah uh, you know the short treks are supposed to be coming this fall it's September the 13th so you know most people would consider the dust now to be in the perhaps not the meteorological definition of fall but certainly the societal <laughs> definition of what fall is so yeah Give us the short treks. We're ready for them. Absolutely. So the thing I'm feeling good about Star Trek this week, on last week's episode, I talked about how I had enjoyed the Star Trek The Animated Series official guidebook that was published last week by Weldon Owen, uh, written by Aaron Harvey and Rich Sheppis. And I just finished it today and typed up my review. It might be up on Trek Core by the time you listen to this episode. You know, and, and, and The Animated Series is a show that some people love, some people hate. I think I've moved from the hate to have a strong appreciation for category, but it's really made me excited about future animated Star Trek, which having just talked about the short treks, we know we've got two animated short treks on the way, and we've got two whole shows on the way, the uh, Lower Decks and also the Nickelodeon show. And I'm really excited to see where they go with those shows. And for me, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush this week. Last week, it was a specific book. This week is a specific concept, which is I'm actually really looking forward to seeing future animated Star Trek. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I, the animated series is the only series I have not seen all the way through. I think I've seen three or four episodes. It's good. I just haven't gotten right into it. Um, but everything we're seeing about Lower Decks especially, it looks like it's going to be such a fun show and such a different departure 
departure from what we're used to with Trek. Um, I think it's going to be a nice change. It's something really look forward to. I think I have seen all of the animated series. I bought the DVD in 2006 when it was first released. And I remember I made it about two thirds of the way through before I just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was garbage, honestly. But in in recent years, I've gone back and watched individual episodes here and there. And and I think that has kind of rounded me out with the show. And I don't think it's garbage anymore. I still don't necessarily put it at the top of my list of shows that I enjoy. But as I say, I have a newfound appreciation and respect for it. I love it. And I'm really excited about everything animated coming up. And it seems like such a good fit for Trek. And it's a good way to potentially visit old characters that we've seen in the past um, without necessarily aging them or picking up. We get with some of them possibly picking up right where they left off. I would love personally, totally far-fetched to see some sort of Deep Space Nine animated anything absolutely i'm 100% with you let's get more deep space nine content up on our screens right. <laughs> all right well with that let's turn to the week's top stories there's a war going on and i'm a reporter so our first story this week is a response to a little bit of internet sleuthing that lit up the internet in the last few days as it relates to star trek picard and that it lit it up so much that cbs stepped in and gave an official denial so what am i talking about well in the wrap of star trek picard season one as we talked about last week many of the crew members were posting pictures of various different crew gifts that they'd gotten things they'd gotten signed as a result of season one wrapping and the cinematographer for star trek picard philip lanyon posted a picture of a clapperboard from the production that had been signed by lots of different people Many of them cast members for Star Trek Picard, but one of them, thanks to some very, very eagle-eyed Twitter user, was a very familiar face who has not previously been announced as appearing on Star Trek Picard, and that is Michael Dorn, who, of course, you all know, played Worf in Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. So you've got this clapperboard, it's covers and signatures, of Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, Alison Pill, Evan Evagora, Harry Treadaway, Issa Briones, and Michael Dorn. Which makes you wonder, is Michael Dorn going to be in Star Trek Picard? Well, according to Newsweek, who reached out to CBS and asked them about this, they say no. Michael Dorn will not be appearing in Star Trek Picard. It was a flat denial. Ron, do you believe them? Will we be seeing Worf in Star Trek Picard? I know what I think, but I want to hear what you think first. You know, looking at the clapperboard, it is it has to be his autograph. There's no way it's not his autograph. Somebody posted a picture of a signed photo of him right next to this clapboard, and it is so obviously Michael Doran's autograph. The official statement that I read came out from CBS was, Michael Doran will not appear in the series as the Klingon Starfleet officer Worf, which tells me... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. I, I love the old characters. I want them all to come back. But we've seen Michael Doran in Star Trek VI um, playing a Klingon in a whole different capacity. You know, I, I don't think we'll see Worf, but I wouldn't rule out seeing Michael Doran come back. I feel like of all the Trek alumni, he's the one that's been most vocal about wanting to come back in some sort of capacity, particularly the Captain Worf series. Um, but I would love to see him come back, possibly in a cameo role where we might not even recognize him. So I don't believe this denial for a single second. <laughs> Everything is denied right up until it's not denied, right? Michael Dorn's signature is on that clapperboard. It's 100%, you're right. It has to be Michael Dorn's signature. There's literally nobody else's signature that it could be. He signed that clapperboard, which means that on the day that it got signed, he was there on the set 
of Star Trek Picard. And I think I would have believed the denial a little more if maybe it had come with some kind of plausible explanation for how Michael Dorn's signature ends up on that crapper board. You know, did he just happen to be dropping by to visit his old friend, Sir Patrick Stewart? And maybe it was the same day that Jonathan Marino was shooting. Maybe it was the same day that Brent was shooting. And so he got to go and see all of his old friends and kind of do a tour of the set and just happen to be there when this thing was being passed around. And, and someone said, Michael, would you sign this too? And he did. Or, you know, they did it at like the rap party and, you know, and they happen to have all of the old cast members there. Of course, they're not in the show, but, you know, this thing gets passing around. Someone says, please sign it. So you sign it. There's no explanation like that in the CBS denial. It's just a flat, he's not doing it. Which, of course, was the same thing they said about Star Trek Discovery going to the Mirror Universe after Jonathan Frakes blurted out loud Mm -hmm. at the convention that they were going to the Mirror Universe. CBS's response, they are not going to the Mirror Universe. Well, what did they do, you know, eight weeks later? They went to the Mirror Universe. So I'm not sure. I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to see Michael Dorn in this production. The one thing I hadn't thought about that you mentioned is... Could he be appearing as someone other than Worf, which certainly the way the denial is phrased could give you that out that yes, he is on the show, but he's not playing Worf. That would be interesting. But I also think kind of weird at the same time. Yeah, kind of a waste. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go to all the trouble of getting him, you might as well have him play the iconic character that he played for seven seasons of The Next Generation, four seasons of Deep Space Nine, and uh, four movies. But yeah, so very interesting. As I mean, I, you know, I think it indicates that there are plenty of surprises left for Star Trek Picard, including now this tantalizing question of, will Michael Dorn return as Worf? I guess the, the, the next question for you, Ron, is do you want Michael Dorn to return as Worf? Yes and no. I, you know, I, I love everything TNG. I'm really excited for Picard. The fact that Captain Picard is coming back is something. We're going to see Brent Spiner. We're going to see Seven of Nine, Commander Riker, Counselor Troy. I don't want it to be a complete rehash of what we saw in the 90s. I want to see new development, new characters. But in the right circumstances, I would love to get Michael Dorn back. Um, even the idea he's been pitching for years now, this Captain Warp series, I would 100% be behind on that. Um, but I don't want the Picard series to be all cameos. But I think I'd love to see him in there anyways. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm very torn on it between just give me all the cast of all of the shows in whatever form back in some fashion. Exactly. You know, my kind of intense fanboy heart beats palpably at the prospect of something like that. But I recognize that's not necessarily the best thing to make a good show, is chocking it full of pointless cameos that don't necessarily advance the story at all. So yes, they do need to be very judicious with it, as much as I would just like them to make it like a fan fiction version of the show and have Worf and Geordie and Dr. Crusher and Odo and and Chakotay show up. You know, yeah, I, I think they do need to be careful about that. So I, I, I'm with you. My my heart wants it, but my head says, hold on. And my head says, there's also three seasons potentially of this show. That's how much they have said they have a story arc for as far as Star Trek Picard goes. And, you know, spread it around a little bit. I was just thinking the exact same thing. There's absolutely no reason to get these all out of the way in the first 13 episodes. Let's spread it out across the three seasons. Um, so hopefully we see him again. Just hopefully it's not all rehashing what we've seen. Well, since we are talking about after Star Trek Picard season one, and we're also talking about 
tantalizing prospects of beloved fan favorite characters appearing on this new show. I actually want to take us back to July and a story that we did not get the chance to cover at the time because it was San Diego Comic-Con, it was STLV, there was just too much going on. But now, since we're already talking about actors uh, reprising their roles from one of the previous shows in Star Trek Picard, uh, Robert Picardo, who played the Doctor in Star Trek Voyager, was appearing at London Film and Comic-Con about six weeks ago and uh, said in a panel and then later said uh, in an interview with Trekkie Girls who uh, sat down with him and specifically asked him about his comments on the panel from the previous day. He indicated that his agent has been approached by CBS who have been expressed an interest in him reprising his role. Well, I guess they didn't specifically say if it was for the Doctor or for Lewis Zimmerman, but for, but for Robert Picardo to play some role in season two of Star Trek Picard. Uh, she's back on, uh, she's going to announce to be on Star Trek Picard, which is very exciting. And I am pleased that they have uh, expressed interest in me. They reached out to my agent wow. about next season. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. Uh, as you know, I played two characters, right? primarily the Doctor, but also Lewis Zimmerman. Lewis Zimmerman, the engineer who created the Doctor's program, would certainly... Um, uh, certainly would have aged uh, in the same, in the same timeline as Patrick Stewart and all the next-gen folks. The Doctor, of course, like Data, doesn't age, but there are ways to address that, as we all know. I said, I joked uh, the other day that my daughter does visual effects. That's exactly what she does, is digitally correct actors. So I said, if, if they hired the two of us, you know, she could make me look 25 years younger. Um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see if something happens, uh, when it happens, but I might you have a chance to be on screen with uh, Jerry again, and it would be an honor and delight, uh, obviously, to have scenes with, uh, with Patrick Stewart. So, uh, you know, we will uh, keep our fingers crossed. And that's really interesting. This is the first time that an actor has said before their participation has been announced in the show that, there's, that there is some interest in them participating. That seems like a bit of a faux pas to me, like a massive faux pas as far as CBS would be concerned, which, which almost makes me wonder, there are two options here. One, he said it because it's real and he's probably gotten trouble because of it because you know we know CBS is super tight-lipped about the show, about the details of the show. They want to be the ones in control of getting this information out there. Or is it possible that Bob Picardo is saying this as a way of stoking fan interest in him appearing in Star Trek Picard so that they consider whether to bring him back and he sort of has, you know, created this whole thing as a way of trying to maneuver CBS into finding a role for him. I'm not sure. Ron, what do you think's going on here? It's funny. I'm going to take a very different approach than I did with Michael Doran. I think this would be fantastic. Um, and I could see this making sense. You know, the Doctor had such a strong relationship with Seven of Nine. We don't know her level of involvement in the show yet, but I could see there being a correlation there. Um, I could also see it potentially having Robert Picardo play the Doctor, but not play the Doctor that we know from Star Trek Voyager. He was in first contact as the emergency medical hologram. I could see that popping up again. I would much rather see Robert Picardo be the EMH than Andy Dick make a comeback. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll even see the emergency command hologram at some point. And how exciting would that be to have Robert Picardo pop up in that capacity? Um, so I think there's a lot that he could do. And there's, there would be no reason for his 
computer program to ever have changed the appearance of the doctor. Um, I think I could totally see this working in a very, very small cameo. Yeah, and I mean, it would make sense, you know, aside from the other cast members of The Next Generation who, because it's a Sir Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard vehicle, you know, it would make a lot of sense for them to make an appearance in. The doctor probably is maybe right next up on the list based on everything we know about this show of characters that it would make sense to reappear. Why? Because the Doctor had such a strong arc, A, with Seven of Nine, and B, is probably one of the Federation's foremost experts on the Borg through his experiences in the Delta Quadrant. You know, his experiences with uh, helping to you assimilate Seven of Nine to, uh, you know, all of the different medical procedures that he developed or pioneered as it relates to defeating the Borg, as it relates to reversing the assimilation process. You know, if, as we, I think it's pretty clear, the Borg are a big subplot or a main plot of Star Trek Picard, the Doctor would make all the sense in the world to have make an appearance at some point. It's just not clear what's going on here in relation to Bob Picardo, because it seems like a kind of, frankly, a dumb thing to do to be mm-hmm. revealing that kind of information before CBS is ready to say anything. They've only just wrapped season one of Picard. They must be at the very early stage of planning for season two, if they're even that far along yet. And, you know, it's interesting. We've seen a lot of the cast in the past deny their involvement. Um, We look at potentially Michael Dorn being an example of that. Patrick Stewart himself coming out and saying he would never... uh, reprise the role of Captain Picard, Marina Sirtis had denied it. Um, so we see that a trend of them not volunteering that information. So it is very odd that he would say something like that. Um, but like you said, he may have just gotten in trouble after saying it as well. So it'll be interesting. I would love to see him come back though in a small role. Yeah, right. I mean, Jonathan Delarco, who's reprising his role as Hugh, told a story about how he had been at Destination Star Trek last year and had been at a panel and had been asked about whether, you know, hypothetically, you know, by a fan with all these Star Trek shows coming out, would you be interested in appearing in a, you know, in a new Star Trek? And at that point, he knew that he was going to be part of Star Trek Picard and he had to bluff his way through it. Mm -hmm. And to the point you made about the other actors, I mean, Marina Sirtis was absolutely shameless in all of her convention appearances, immediately starting off it by saying, we're not in it, we don't know anything, don't ask us anything about Star Trek Picard, that has nothing to do with us. And that kicked off all those stories about, are any of the old cast members going to be in it? You know, is it just going to be Picard? Is it just going to be Sir Patrick Stewart? When in reality, you know, they had also been under contract for, for at least a while while and knew that they were going to be appearing in the show you know this marina was saying stuff like that as recently as you know a month or two before san diego comic-con it's not like you know in the weeks after the star trek picard announcement was made at stlv last year so very very interesting i mean i you know as i say they've just finished season one season two could go in a bunch of different directions so we shouldn't take anything that's said at this point as anywhere close to what the reality will be six to eight months from now when they really are in the thick of planning season two but it's interesting the thing about the future and if it is true it's interesting that they're continuing to kind of look for little opportunities for other actors for whom it makes sense to make an appearance in the show. Well, you know, I think it just shows five years ago if we had had this conversation, is Robert Picardo ever going to come back to the Doctor? Absolutely not. There's no way on earth. But here we are at a point in in Star Trek development where it's a real possibility. Anyone could come back now. And I think that is just so exciting. It's such a good time to be a Trekkie. Uh, 
It's amazing. Well, we'll move from Picard to Discovery and a little Discovery merch news. So Discovery Season 2, for which the Blu-ray announcement came at STLV. The set will be released in the US on November 12th, the UK on November 18th, Germany on November 21. Well, last week we got the announcement that there would also be a Steelbook release for uh, Discovery Season 2 in home media. There was a release just like it for Season 1. It's, you know, a metal case for your Blu-ray a little bit more expensive. Also, a little bit nicer if you are very into the appearance of how these sets look on your shelf. The steelbooks are are really, really nice. And if you are a home media collector, often quite sought after. Exactly the same content, but different artwork. The key art for Star Trek Discovery Season 2 is is the art for the main set, that sort of pinky purplish picture that has all of the different faces and the the Enterprise on it. The Discovery Season 2 steelbook has that uh, really quite gorgeous outline of the Starfleet Delta with the red angel in the middle on a black background. These are uh, exclusives, so you can only get the Star Trek Discovery Season 2 Steelbook at Best Buy in the US, and it'll be available at Zavi in the UK. Uh, if you're in the US and you're interested, you can actually already pre-order that on the Best Buy website. Ron, do you still collect home media? Are you going to be adding any of the versions of DVD or Blu-ray for Star Trek Discovery to your collection? So I have not owned a DVD player for about maybe 10 years now. Everything's gone streaming, but they keep giving these things out and I, I just may have to get myself a Blu-ray player for Christmas this year. <laughs> this steelbook looks incredible. It's beautiful. And looking at the price right now, it's $49.99 at Best Buy. It's really not a bad price. Between this, getting the what you leave behind Blu-ray without having a way to play it right now, I, I do. I see a Blu-ray player in my future. You know, and seeing the extra features, that's the one thing you miss. I have CBS All Access. I love watching these shows, but you can't sell that bonus content. So I think DVDs might be making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek is the only franchise that I still buy home media for. Everything else I've moved to digital or streaming, but Star Trek releases, I, I will park some cash for a for a hard copy of. And as you say, you know, the special feature is a big reason. Special features on the Discovery Season 1 set, a little disappointing. Special features on the Discovery Season 2 set, though, as we talked about at, on our STLV episode, because this will this is not exclusive to the Steelbook. This will be in all the editions. There will be a set of commentaries, uh, episode commentaries, with uh, Season 2. We didn't get any commentaries with Season 1, and those are always super, super interesting in doing a deep dive into the episode and getting some of the actors and the producers kind of real-time reactions to what they're seeing. So I'm very, very excited for those. My whole thing now, I'm going to have to get the Discovery... Yeah, I'm going to have to get everything on DVD now. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Well, luckily, we are inching closer to the holiday season. So uh, potentially, it's uh, time to start writing your letter to uh, Santa or or whoever it is who delivers gifts in the Robo household. <laughs> so our last story this week regards Star Trek Day and an announcement that Codify something that's already been taking place with Star Trek.com. Yes, the venerable Star Trek.com, the homepage for Star Trek content on the internet, has been undergoing a bit of a makeover over the last few months. And on September 8th, Star Trek Day, why is it Star Trek Day? Because September 8th is the date that Star Trek premiered on NBC in 1966. There was a new video that was added to Star Trek.com, narrated by Alex Kurtzman, discussing those changes and what to expect from the future of Star Trek.com. So they hired a new managing editor a couple of months ago, Kendra J 
games. And there definitely has been a big shift in the content over the last few months. A, I think they've been putting out quite a bit more content and it's particularly ramped up, I feel like, over the last month. And they've also been doing a ton of really varied stuff. Uh, and I think that comes from something that we talked about on an episode a few months ago, which was that Star Trek.com is now taking pitches from people, they pay you, to write content for the site. And so there are just tons of really interesting articles with lots of different perspectives. A couple that have stood out to me in the last week, there was an article about uh, the old video game, Star Trek The Next Generation of Final Unity, which was the video game through which I managed to convince my parents to buy a PC so that I could play it. That was my very first video game. Um, it was just a fabulous, fabulous game. And then another that was a look back on the history of UK fandom and some of the kind of big personalities from the 1970s UK Star Trek fandom who really kind of kicked off the Star Trek fandom movement in that country where, you know, it's probably, you know, second only to the US in terms of the passion of the fan base as it relates to Star Trek. So Kurtzman in this video is talking and it's actually a really fabulous video. You should take a listen to a bit of it. Indulge me for a second with one more quote. This one from season two of Discovery. Our Captain Pike, Anson Mount, tells his crew, Starfleet is a promise. I give my life for you, you give your life for me. Nobody gets left behind. That is what Star Trek is, a promise. And it's a promise we intend on following through with StarTrek.com. Now you may have noticed some changes to StarTrek.com over the past few months. The most obvious is probably the new layout, placing more Trek content immediately at your fingertips. And maybe if you've been clicking around, you'll have noticed that the contents changed too. Because Star Trek is a promise, whether you're a fan who watched episodes that aired after nightly news broadcasts filled with news out of Vietnam, or someone who came to Trek in 2017 because you love Michelle Yeoh as much as I do, Star Trek is for you. And Kurtzman talks about the new direction for the site and what their kind of mission is. Ron, have you noticed these changes to StarTrek.com? I have. In that video you were talking about, when you see that, it is absolutely inspiring. And I love that they mentioned there, it doesn't matter if you... They talk, mentioned gatekeeping very briefly in that video, and it is absolutely inspiring. Um, it makes you really proud to be a Trekkie. And the website is phenomenal. So you look at Star Trek, something that takes place so far in the future that exemplifies technology. The website for StarTrek.com has not always been the most techie, but website out there. Um, it's always had a great shop side, but looking at the site now, it's got a lot of great resources. There's links to other fan sites, which I thought was really something interesting, um, including a couple of sites that have been critical of Star Trek Discovery. Um, so I'm just, I'm really happy to see them embracing this, taking more of the fan input, um, and really having unique perspectives. I think it's, with everything that's happening in the Star Trek universe, this website's going to become a great resource. Yeah, StarTrek.com was my very first entree to the internet, really, and the old StarTrek.com chat rooms. I'm not sure they should necessarily bring those back because I had, <laughs> I remember having somebody spoil in quotes the plot of What You Leave Behind, the finale for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But they just made, because it was, it had, it had premiered in the US and I was in the UK where we wouldn't get it for, I think, like a couple of months after. And uh, this person told me all these things that happened in the episode and not a single one of them came true. They they fabricated all these, all this story about how Q was involved and Miles O'Brien became a prophet. I probably should have realized that that it was uh, not on the level, but I definitely spent a good day and a half kind of scratching my head about about if I really wanted that to be the end for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Luckily, the end that was the real end was much, much better than the one that someone fed me on those chat rooms. So maybe don't bring back the Star Trek.com chat rooms is what I'm saying. <laughs> 
I think chat rooms in general probably shy away from those. <laughs> it's even, I, I noticed that they have a whole submission policy as well. So they really are looking for different unique perspectives. And it mentions what they're looking for particularly. And it even says, you know, we're interested in pitches on the following topics for the month of October. So we're not looking at something that they're looking six months out. Um, they're looking to post relative content. So I think it's really exciting that they're trying to get the fans more involved. Yeah, and some of our friends and people that we know on Star Trek Twitter have gotten uh, have gotten their articles published. So uh, if you have a good idea for an article and you want it to reach the widest audience possible, make a pitch to StarTrek.com. You know, the, the worst they can say is no, and the best they can say is yes, and they will pay you. All right, we've talked about the facts, and now let's speculate on what's going to happen in the future of Star Trek. You make some very good points, Captain. But it's still all speculation and theory. So each week, I and my guest give you a theory or a wish we're nurturing for the future of the franchise or any of the shows. So, Ron, give me your theory or wish for this week. My wish, since it seems like a big theme of this week's episode has been uh, recurring characters appearing in Star Trek Trek Picard, I want to see somebody from Deep Space Nine in that series so badly. Um, I am such a Deep Space Nine junkie. Um, I love that we're getting Seven of Nine back, potentially with Doctor, but I, I do, I want to see some appearance from someone from Deep Space Nine or a short Trekker. If I had one wish for, for Trek right now, I'd be, let's get some sort of update on those folks. I agree. Deep Space Nine is the one show for which we've not kind of I mean, obviously, aside from everything that went on with the documentary, but that was separate from the current productions. DS9 is the one show that's not gotten any obvious love yet from uh, from CBS in terms of having a character appear or a story thread. It certainly may be the case that that's coming and we, we just don't know about it yet. And, and, you know, there will be a line or a cameo or something like that in one of these shows. Uh, maybe the USS Cerritos will visit Deep Space Nine as one of the subplots for, you know, Lower Decks. But I'm totally with you. I think it would be really nice to kind of get little touch back and check in with with some of those characters or at least a, a line about, you know, what's happening with Bajor. Did they ever kind of get admitted to the Federation? And I'd, I'd look at, see some sense of how that story has continued. Yeah, just some sort of love. That's all we ask. <laughs> exactly. And I'm I'm got my fingers firmly crossed. It's on the way. So my theory this week, I was listening to the most recent episode of the Trek Geeks podcast a couple of days ago. They had a really nice episode on Face of the Enemy, the Star Trek: The Next Generation season six episode, and Fansets is a sponsor of theirs. And so Fansets gets a lengthy plug in every episode. And they were talking a little bit about Fansets plans for the next couple of months and included mentioning that Fansets would have a couple of exclusive pins at New York Comic Con. As we know, they had a couple of exclusive pins at San Diego Comic Con, the Star Trek Picard family crest pin, and also the Star Trek Command visitors badge, both of which you could get pretty much exclusively at San Diego Comic-Con, though if you knew the right places to go or in the right place at the right time, you were able to snag one of the Starfleet Command visitors badges at STLV. But they indicated that there are two exclusive pins uh, coming. Uh, It did not sound like they were the same pins that we've gotten already. Uh, And so it got me thinking, you know, what would be some exclusive pins that, you know, people would really like in the same vein as the Picard family crest and the Starfleet Command visitors badge. And it occurs to me that the one thing we still have not gotten a good look at yet is the Star Trek Picard com badge. And so my theory is that, and it's totally a theory, again, I have absolutely nothing to base it off of other than five seconds of Bill Smith talking about 
fan sets coming up <laughs> with two exclusives and an announcement on the way at, at New York Comic Con. This is me more of imposing a wish onto a theory. But uh, my wish is that we finally get a look at the Com Badge, so that we know what that is, and that fan sets has made a version of it, and that will be what's available at New York Comic Con. I think that would be really, really cool. And again, it's, I mean, unless they're doing character pins for Star Trek Picard, it's it's one of the only things I can think of that's in the same vein as the two they've already done. I love that. Well, I love it and I hate it. Yeah, I won't be at I won't be at Comic Con, so maybe I don't want it. I want to be able to get one of these things. I'm getting the visitor badge at STLV. You had to be in the right place at the right time. I was shocked when I was able to get one, but I I love it. I think the com badge is something everybody wants to see. Um, there were a few of us. I was surprised how many actually got the Picard uniform at STLV as well. Um, I was able to get one, and the one inconsistency everybody had was different com badges. <laughs> so I think that would be really exciting. I'd love to see one of those and get my hands on one of those. Yeah, you can sort of understand why they. Haven't been kind of focusing on the Starfleet element of it because it very much seems like the show, you know, Starfleet is not a main theme that runs through Picard since he's retired from Starfleet. Doesn't seem like he's going back anytime soon, but it's such an iconic piece of this franchise. And it's something that we as fans really want, right? I was also one of those people who had the Picard uniform at SDLV, even knowing that it's probably extremely inaccurate. It's based off of some extremely blurry Mm -hmm. pictures from the trailer and the leaked uh, location uh, shoot uh, at the Anaheim Convention Center, but it's it's so it's so iconic that it's just such a such a fun and exciting way of expressing your fandom. And I too was lucky enough to get the visitors badge in the right place at the right time. Jordan Hoffman yeah. panel on like the last day of the convention, uh, and I did snag a Star Trek Picard family crest off of eBay, but I won't tell you how much I paid for it. <laughs> So, yes, I'm in the same boat that you are. I, I mean, I'd love it, but I'm also not going to be at New York Comic Con, so to get my wallet ready uh, just in case. But I think that's what I want, because I think in the same way that I'm ready to see, I, I, I just want that release date so I know what I'm counting down towards and I know what I've got to look forward to and exactly when it's coming. I'm ready to get some of these, you know, more minor details that are really important to me, but aren't necessarily all that important to the show itself, right? Like, right. you know, what does seeing the combat spoil for you about the plotline of Star Trek Picard? Nothing. But it would be super cool for us as fans who, you know, go nuts with this kind of thing. And I will say those guys at fan sets are incredible. They are one of my biggest weaknesses at STLV. Everything they sell is just such good quality. They've got these new um, Discovery uniform pins coming out. I'm so excited to get my hands on a few of these. <laughs> yeah, they, they do really nice work. And actually, I've got the Picard family crest pin right in front of me. And uh, it, it is just a just a really, really nice uh, yeah. product. They, they do fabulous work. Do you have a theory or a wish for Discovery, Picard, or the future of the franchise that you'd like to share? Tweet them to me at Weekly Trek, and I might feature your theory in a future episode. Well, that's all the time we've got for this episode of Weekly Trek. Thank you so much to my guest, Ron Robel, for joining me today. Ron, how can people contact you if they want to continue the conversation? Alex, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm in the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Facebook group. I'm one of the new moderators there. Um, then you can also follow me on Twitter at Trekker Ron. And you can find this show on Twitter at Weekly Trek and me at Alexander T. Perry. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. And please check out some of the other great shows on the Tricorder Transmissions. And if you like our shows, please also consider becoming a Patreon of Tricorder, which you can find at patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. And lastly, if you're looking for Star Trek news on the internet, 
I hope you will turn to trekcore.com. Well, until next week, thank you, Ron. Thank you to all of my listeners and live long and prosper. Mm-hmm.